my brother lent me Michael Lewis's book, The Fifth Risk, and it's all about the transition of power from one presidency to another. Lewis writes, quote, a bad transition took this entire portfolio of catastrophic risks, the biggest portfolio of such risks ever managed by a single institution in the history of the world, uh, things like national security and viruses and financial crises and made all the bad things more likely to happen and the good things less likely to happen. We're talking about organizational transition on a smaller scale, but the transition guru William Bridges said, it isn't the changes that do you in, it's the transitions. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performing mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on leading through infinite transitions, and I'm really grateful that we have our resident expert, Kedron Crosby, joining me today. Thank you, Kedron, for, for being on this podcast. Happy to be here. We've been talking so much about transitions at Work Wisdom. So when I was reading the Lewis book, I, I was struck by the extreme example of really a failed transition when Obama left and Trump became president. Lewis talked about all these departments sitting around waiting for the new crop of public servants to come in and learn what was what, and no one came. And he talks about, of course, the danger of that, the how frightening that was. Hopefully, that's we're not at that like level of risk when we talk about transitions, but it did make me think about this topic and how important it is. Um, so today, that's what we want to explore. And my first question to you is, why are you so interested in this topic of leading through transitions? I think leaders increasingly are being asked to lead transitions, Mm. um, one on top of the other. So it's not sequenced where there's a space to breathe between transitions, but it's more like multi-dimensional chess yeah. <laughs> I think at one point I thought it was like waves and but then I thought well only one wave comes at a time mm-hmm. um, and you can have many transitions happening simultaneously in an organization so as the speed of change uh, quickens I think the role of the leader really requires a capability mm-hmm. around how to manage transitions so it, it is different than change, okay. but, and uh, it's more complicated, but it's learnable. Yeah. Well, so that's what I was, I was going to ask is, is it infinite because of its multidimensional? It's just never ending. Yeah. Infinite, meaning there's not going to be a time where we all get to kick our feet up and say okay well now we're just going to stay this way forever yeah i don't 
think any organization that has that perspective is going to last very long. You know, we, uh, because of a lot of things, including the internet, um, (laughs) you know, we can have more disruptions. And so disruptions happen faster where someone will come along and essentially replicate your business model Mm -hmm. and do it for less money um, and make it more accessible. And so uh, leaders have to always be on their toes thinking about how do we disrupt ourselves <laughs> um, and and transition, adopt new software, think about technology, think about new um, ways of organizing teamwork, yeah. think about what winning is differently, think about how to interface with our clients and customers differently. So it's just constant change. Yeah. You mentioned, too, this idea of it is transition, managing through transition is different than change. What do you mean by that? How is it different? Yeah, so a change is situational and a point in time. Okay. So, you know, one day we have a certain job, the next day we have a different job. Uh, one day we live in a certain house, the next day we live in a different house. That's change. One day we're single, the next day we're married. Those are changes. And um, they actually put their focus on the result. Um, A transition is a psychological process wherein you're letting go of the past Mm. and then you're moving through a time where you're not totally sure what the other side is going to look like. And then the third part is the new beginning where you finally adopted this new identity, Mm. Um, you know, with this, whether it's a new job or a new marital status. Um, But so it, we really can't make changes that take, that stick, if we don't manage the human psychological part of change which is helping teams and organizations let go of who we used to be and how we used to do it and then move through this period where we're not totally sure Hmm. what we're going to look like on the other side and then finally get to this place of enthusiasm um, and excitement and owning it uh, with our new identity. So it's not so much that people are resistant to change, it's that that they're resistant to transition because it's hard. The psychology, it's hard to mentally get there. Yeah, they don't want to let go of their past identity. Usually there was something about that past identity, what used to be, that benefited them. Maybe it was just simply that well, I was really good at DOS. You know, I was kind of amazing (laughs) at DOS. I don't know if our listeners are old enough to know what I'm talking about. But um, and now I have to learn about, you know, word that stinks, you know, because I was kind of amazing at HTTP, whatever it was. Um, That does remind me of when and this was this is pre pandemic, where we transitioned uh, to Google Suite. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I don't remember if I said anything, but in my head, I was just like, oh, this is such a pain. Mm-hmm. This is so hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that we did it. Yeah. But it was, psychologically, it was hard to 
now I had now I felt like I had to learn this new thing and otherwise it wasn't gonna work and let's felt, just keep printing things out on paper <laughs> forever and, and now that's filing cabinets yeah. yeah oh my gosh you got to do it okay so um so and also that's a great example of how if we hadn't done that oh my goodness it would have been a, a tragedy so part of me is wondering you know why is it so important to lead through it can't you just kind of make people do it can't you just make them get through it <laughs> well you know most uh, mergers and acquisitions the the they fail because people are resistant to assimilating mm-hmm. you know they they're uh resistant to accepting this new identity of of this new configuration yeah. this new larger organization so the reason why leaders need to become really skillful at managing transitions is if they want to change um, they want to evolve mm. they need to become skillful at shepherding midwifing helping people let go of the past float through the air it's like trapeze bars yeah. you know how do we let go of the one trapeze bar that we felt like that that was keeping us from death right <laughs> we were white knuckling onto that one trapeze bar yeah but we something came along there mm-hmm. was some reason we had to let go of that and probably uh, there's a compelling reason if the leader can think through how to sell the problem before they try and sell the solution you know um, that's that's going to help them let go of that trapeze bar and flow through the air and trust that leader and then eventually grab onto that next trapeze bar, which is going to be better, hopefully, yeah. for the organization and maybe the individual too. But it's scary. Yeah. Those three parts of the transition. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, what what can they do to kind of navigate their team through the first you know the letting go like what what should they pay what should a leader pay attention to yeah well um we have a pra- we have practices so for each of these three phases the first phase is called the ending or the letting go and then the second phase is called the neutral zone or the mm-hmm. wilderness and then the third phase is called the beginning mm-hmm. um and what happens is productivity starts to decline at the beginning of the ending you know <laughs> the so beginning of the end, so yeah. yeah so we 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 become slower we're talking a lot about the, the change mm-hmm. itself and uh, our feelings about it you know emotions there are certain emotions that are normal during the ending. Usually, you know, something like shock or maybe denial, sometimes even anger mm. during the ending. Yeah. We're not going to do it that way anymore. Yeah. And so there's a lot of those emotions. Then in that middle zone, there's more like frustration or confusion, sometimes apathy. And so productivity is plummeting there. And then that third phase, if we can get them through that, I think Mike McKenna used to call it the trough of despair, (laughs) you know, that bottom you, um, and we can get them up and excited about the new beginning. Um, That's where they're starting to feel 
energy and excitement and enthusiasm and team spirit yeah. for for that new beginning. So um, so there are things that you can do in each of those three zones. I have we've got maybe ten or twelve um, tactics that leaders can take during each of those three phases. A popular one in the ending is to honor honor the ending. Yeah. You know, um, our friend Jill Kozer has taken us up on that idea of have a sheet cake for that ending, <laughs> maybe multiple sheet cakes, yeah. um, to say, you know what? It was great that mm. we used whatever, that we lived in that little Greist building office. Yeah. It was great that we stayed here. Yeah. But what got us here is not going to get us there. Yeah. So we're going to have to transition. So let's have a cake. Let's <laughs> honor the past. Uh, let's honor what's gotten us here and be grateful for it and let go of it. So that that's one, you know, selling the problem uh, before you start selling the solution is something that you want to do in the ending. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So leaders very often jump to, hey, we got to, we got to, we got to move, you know, it's going to be great to move over to urban place where we have 5,000 square feet before saying, you know why we have to leave our tiny little space in the Grice building, whatever it was, you know, all the things, all the reasons why we needed to let go of the past. So that's really, yeah, I was going to say that, but (laughs) I don't want anyone who lives in the Grice building to feel bad about that. So. Okay. So something that you have created, though, recently that maybe comes during the ending is a is a change readiness assessment. Actually, it's different than a change readiness assessment. It's a transition readiness assessment. So um, there are all kinds of certifications that you can get in change readiness. And that that is more like a project management way of managing change. Um, Prosky and uh, there's other groups that have uh, help leaders manage change. And it's like like project management, whereas transition readiness is to assess how likely it is that if we move through a transition, that the team will be open to it, mm-hmm. that they're going to trust leadership to take them to that unknown place. Um, so yes, we have a work wisdom constructive uh, assessment uh, that's about transition readiness. So you can use it with a team to try and gauge what do we need to do so that we're more uh, mm. likely to make it through this transition successfully and it can point to Maybe how do we need to build trust or in what ways do we need to build trust or um, do we need to behave in a way that's more congruent so that the team feels like we're more likely to follow through on our promises? Yeah, because I would imagine it would be wonderful to know, too, during a transition if if there was a good number of people, like the majority of the team was pretty positive about it yeah that would make such a difference and maybe it wouldn't be everybody because statistically that would probably be hard (laughs) 
to get. But at least if you knew, the majority of the team was like, yeah, we're ready for this. Well, I think that's also part of maybe a different discussion, which is how do you shape a culture that's open to perpetual transition? So um, using the competing values framework, we think of adhocracies, and they are highly flexible, and they are very market-driven. So they are, you know, you would have a high likelihood that the majority of the people taking that transition readiness assessment would be let's here do for it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All in, let's go, you know, because uh, we want to keep moving, keep creating, keep running things up the flagpole and throwing stuff at walls. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some other things that we should know as leaders to to lead through transition that are that you found has been helpful to kind of get through the 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 hardship of the letting go and then that muddy the messy middle part that the trough of despair as mike calls it yeah i i think some of it is just um really understanding that uncertainty is very stressful yeah. for people. And so the way we've evolved is that we have this uncertain, this certainty bias, yeah. that we are biased towards certainty. And so we have, you know, we fight, we flight, you know, um, when it's, when there's uncertainty. So knowing what's normal and, and really equipping people to manage their stress as much as possible so recognizing that we have selfish brain Mm. that when we are going through uncertainty or we have chronic uncertainty our brain works so hard to minimize that uncertainty by telling stories and trying to make lists and so it leeches energy from the rest of our bodies my gosh i know and it's a thing and it's called selfish brain and so um all kinds of problems happen as a result of it. So so if we're going to be leading highly flexible teams that are open to transition, making sure that they have comfort with how do they manage their own stress. Yeah. So what are the mindfulness practices that mm-hmm. they have? Um, how are they maybe microdosing, um, building a tolerance for transition and uncertainty and lots of other practices, you know, the inner circle, outer circle, what can we change here? Or what do we, what can we control here? And that goes in the inner circle and what's in the outer circle that, that which we can't control. And then we, we let, let that go and we put our energy on that, which we can control. So also things just like sleep and nutrition and, you know, so managing stress, I think is really important. Um, adopting some mindsets that will help people move through transition. So I love all of Nathan Furr's work around the uncertainty, uh, doesn't have to be our undoing. Yeah. And so leaders who use certain frames for, periods of transition have much greater success. So he talks a lot about uh, the learning frame. How can we take this transition and say, you know, what does it have to teach us? How yeah. is this our teacher, this yeah. this crisis or this uncertainty that came up, the, the game frame? How do we take our strengths and deploy them so we win? Uh, the gratitude frame, 
the uh, randomness frame, which uh, is not my favorite, but uh, that's because of who I am, <laughs> and uh, the hero frame. So how as leaders do we take these frames and use them with our teams so they have more success? Um, and then there's some other work by Heidi Grant that I think is really important, some neuroscience around when we lead through periods of uncertainty, what are the three things we can do that can help our teams stay open to the uncertainty, keep moving, stay motivated, um, things like realistic optimism and and lifting up to higher levels of construal where we are talking not about what's on the to-do list and the spreadsheet, but why is this meaningful? Yeah. Um, why is this important? And, and candor. So those are those are a couple of other tools I would encourage leaders to put in their toolbox if they're going to be skillful at managing infinite transitions. I it, I think that it sounds like the overarching mindset is to remember that through these transitions, our growth and wisdom and even meaning and joy comes from the struggle from the resistance. Would you, would you agree? I would, I do think that growth is in the struggle. I do think growth is in the struggle. So it worries me a little bit when people come to me and say, how can we, you know, hotwire this? Yeah. How can we like numb out so that we don't have as much pain? And I'm like, gosh, I, I actually think that the, the growing happens. Yeah. Uh, in the hard times together, yeah. especially, you know, we, we do know that from transition management, intra-group cohesion grows in those foxholes during yeah. those hard times. So yeah. I, I mean, not, nobody likes pain, but <laughs> <laughs> let's not numb out. Let's be mindful of it yeah. and stay present to it and move through it and think about how is this helping us? Yeah, there's some to me comfort in knowing. Okay, this is normal. It's it's normal to yeah. have a hard time letting go of this identity. It's normal to be in the wilderness and not know what's going on, and for productivity to drop. And then it's it's normal to start to move out of that too. So even just knowing the process, even knowing what is typical. it's comforting. It's like, it's okay. It's going to pass. It's the weather. It's just part of what happens. And I think leaders are wise to expect those emotions, but also even budget for the, as Mike McKenna would say, trough of despair (laughs) in terms of productivity, you know, knowing time-wise, maybe even money-wise, that we're going to have a a little bit of a blip in our productivity while people are wrestling these new ideas to the ground we're going through that forming we're getting through the storming we're getting mm-hmm. to the norming we're, we're getting our SOPs down how we communicate all yeah. of that so it, t- it takes a minute yeah um but yeah we're we're wise to um plan for it yeah okay I thank you for thank you for talking through that I I'm really grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping others in the workplace enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and productions 
ask questions and give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with a quote. This is from John Allen Palos. He's a Temple University mathematics professor. He says, uncertainty is the only certainty there is. And knowing how to live with insecurity is the only security. Mm -hmm.